Hello everybody and happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. Welcome to the PS Football, or soccer to said American listeners, Premier League prediction podcast. As Tony Pulis heads for the door, Mark, do one. We've now seen 20% of the teams in the league fire sale their managers so far this season and there's still almost 30 shopping days to Christmas. Speaking of retail therapy, will Liverpool ever stop shopping goals as Chelsea visit Anfield? Can Palace buy a home win against unpredictable Stoke? Will it be a Black Friday for David Moyes as the Hammers host the Foxes? What's in store for the Seagulls as they fly north to Old Trafford? And will Manchester City maul Huddersfield Town? We'll have all the news, betting tips and previews for the coming weekend's action, plus the thoughts of our regular guest, the Don, in this week's Premier League Prediction Podcast. On deck, as per usual, we have Danny Ward and Peter Henry. Gentlemen. How's it going? Right, we'll also be dialing in producer Sam and I will be taking one of the games as well this week as we have no guest joining us. Danny, starting with you, talk us through Liverpool's latest capitulation in Europe. It's been there, done it, bought the t-shirt. Yeah, it was a strange one. We were uh, recording our Wednesday pod on uh, Tuesday and um, for any of our listeners of our regular podcast, they would have heard the intro, which... Uh, uh, I gave uh, just as the podcast finished, and I think to quote, I said, Liverpool are 3 0 up. Brilliant. I heard that, yes. Uh, yeah, and um, they were playing some great stuff now. The first half could have been about, it could have been about 6 2. Like, it wasn't like Sevilla, it didn't look dangerous at all. They had their moments, and Carrius made a couple of good saves. I think that's maybe the first time I've ever said that sentence. They looked like they could have had four or five themselves, Liverpool. Salah missed a couple of one-on-one chances and they're a little bit wasteful in front of goal which has been a problem all season but still I came in to watch the second half I kind of had a cigarette and I thought yeah I'll miss the first four or five minutes what difference does it make you know but just the the panic that set in um, so quickly now I have to say Sevilla came out and played like men possessed they played at a, a tempo the noise in the stadium sounded unbelievable uh, it's definitely a ground I'd like to go and visit because it just sounds like a cracking stadium the, the fans are very close to the pitch yeah, it was uh, one of those. I thought, listen, the headlines tomorrow will be Liverpool just weathered the storm and they won't be talking about Moreno and, you know, Chris Ball and the 2005 game and, and the Sevilla game from 2006 in the Europa League final. But um, that's exactly what everyone was talking about. And they can see it's just such a, a poor, poor goal uh, in the 94th minute. Mm. Uh, and it meant a lot to Sevilla. And I'm actually going to the next game. I'm going to the Spartak Moscow game, which would have been a dead rubber. Now there's uh, something to play for, and I'd be pretty confident, I'll put my neck in the line here, be pretty confident Liverpool will get the point at least they need to, to qualify, and I'd be, I'd be surprised if they don't beat them well at home. So, uh, yeah, listen, it's not, all doom, it's not all doom and gloom. Probably taking a draw before the game. It's just the manner in which we got the draw. Uh, but listen, I, I'd rather watch that than what, rather go and play for a nil-all draw and get a nil-all draw. It's, enter, it's a, the entertainment business, I suppose, after all. So what's going to happen with Liverpool-Chelsea this weekend? Well, it's going to be tough. I, I, I was thinking that the, the extra day's rest that uh, Liverpool had might have st- st- stood them in good stead, you know, and the fact that they were 3 up at half-time, I was thinking, go on, get, you can get a couple of lads off, well-rested, get Salah, Mane, maybe Coutinho off, rest them. Chelsea are away, and uh, they're away in Azerbaijan against Korbag. So, you know, advantage Liverpool... They had it easy last night, Chelsea. They had it very yeah. easy. That man sent off after nine min- 19 minutes for Corbag and Chelsea looked really impressive. I know it was against 
10 Azerbaijanis, well, a few Brazilians thrown in. But uh, they were very impressive. Some of their goals were, were very well taken. Uh, Williams, uh, obviously, were very well taken. So they probably kind of felt that they were they were playing a bit of a training game themselves, whereas Liverpool were in a real battle. So I think the travel and all that might be uh, that might be negated. So I think it's it's going to be quite even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've actually gone for a draw in the game. I've gone for a high-scoring draw. I, I don't think anyone has a major advantage after the midweek games, um, as I said, because one was in a dogfight and one was uh, having a little walk in the park. So uh, it's going to be a really, a really entertaining game. I, I love the Chelsea game. It's probably my second favourite uh, game of the season, obviously after the United game. Everton doesn't wet my whistle as much as it would if I was probably living on Merseyside, but uh, a real disliking for Chelsea. And that's thanks to you know uh, the meetings back in 2004 and 2005 and Mourinho and Benitez. Is, uh, they, no, no love lost between them. So uh, I think it's going to be a cracking game. As I said, Chelsea are starting to play some really good stuff after being written off so early in the season. And I think it was you, Shawnee, who told us on our, one of our first pods that uh, Chelsea, or well, you told me, and I mentioned it, that um, Chelsea had gone out to 7-1 to one after the start of the season, mm. uh, which looked a bit of a foolish price. Probably still, it's probably still not going to happen with City's form, but they were. Well, I, think I think they're out to ten to one now. So are they? And that's purely because of City's form. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to see if anyone's going to catch City the way they're playing. No, I don't. I don't see it myself, mate. But um, I just think Chelsea. If City weren't on the level they were on, Chelsea be right. I know it's it's easy to say, but Chelsea be right up there with uh, yeah. come the end of the season. And listen, you'd never rule Chelsea out. Hazard in his new role looks like it's it's really suiting him and Morata I think they're starting to get a nice little bit of chemistry going together and uh, the extra man in midfield with Kante Bakayoko and Fabregas Fabregas is playing some of his best football I think that he's played for a couple of years because he was kind of a player a luxury player kind of for the last couple of years would he get into Chelsea's best 11 he'd play a little bit wouldn't play a bit I think he's now an integral part of um, the way they play with their new setup. Peter mentioned his, his passing is, uh, is right up there with De Bruyne I know you like this one Ashani. it's De Bruyne-esque yeah. so it is you know so um, you I were think, coined on the PS Football podcast yeah, this yeah. Wednesday well I think I, I, it was I, actually I, Kevin De Bruyne-esque Oh, was it Kevin De Bruyne? All one word. All one word, yeah. Well, I I like it anyway. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I think it's going to be a cracking goal, a cracking game even. I'll just give you a little bit of injury news. On the Liverpool front, Nathaniel Klein's still out. Joel Matip is going to be touch and go. I'd say you'll find Adam Lallana on the bench. Um, and Liverpool have a couple of sub goalies that uh, won't won't be involved in the squad anyway, in Danny Ward and Adam Bogdan. On the Chelsea front, not too much to worry about. Victor Moses is um, 50-50, I suppose. But he hasn't really been getting uh, getting a look in that much at the moment with the change of system. And uh, Batshuayi and Masuda are both uh, ruled out. But as I said uh, earlier, I think it's going to be a really open game. I see plenty of goals in it. And um, for the first goal score, or for the first uh, for the correct score, I've actually gone for 2-2. I would have fancied Liverpool at half-time on Tuesday. But as I said, there's a, a lot of things have changed and I just hope confidence uh, hasn't been lost, that, that that much confidence hasn't been lost. And I don't think there's much to choose between the two sides. Obviously, Chelsea Chelsea have a better keeper and back line, but Liverpool's front four or five are a match for anyone on their day. So I think there'll be plenty of goals. I'm actually going to go with Gino Wijnaldum as a first goal scorer. He's been quiet enough this season. I think he's only got one goal this season. But... He does like home games, and he and he scored in some big home games last year. I know Man City 
that jumps uh, jumps to mind. He scored uh, early on in that. And he's a lovely striker of a ball. And in a game like this, I just think for the price he is, he's 20 to 1. Um, for a guy that'll get you 10 or 11 goals a season, I think 20 to 1 is a great price. Where Liverpool should probably start off uh, on the front foot, as they usually do in Anfield. So if they can nick a goal early in the first 20 minutes, Gini Wijnaldum, it's Liverpool are a tough team to pick a first scorer because they do share the goals out. The same at same at Man City and even same at Chelsea as well. So it, it was a tough one to pick, but I've gone with Gini Wijnaldum just pu- purely based on the price. If you're looking in the correct score market, two two is a nice price. I just see there just being goals. Hazard and um, Murata, as I mentioned, have clicked, and Liverpool's defence we all know about that. But yet Liverpool, Liverpool will be very tough to stop uh, scoring at home. So uh, the correct score two two is ten to one. So obviously I'm going to go with both teams to score, and this might be just a little bit of a an ACA booster uh, four to seven, which I think is a grand price, and over two point five goals is eight to eleven. The form Chelsea's form away has been very good. They've won three of their last four. They've lost one, scored ten, and conceded two. And Liverpool's last four, they've won two, drawn two, scored seven, conceded one. So I see there being goals. Both teams are scoring goals at home and away. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracking game on Saturday evening. And I'll probably miss the last 20 minutes because I have to go to work. Excellent. Good. Very good review and preview there, Danny. Detailed as ever. Okay, and over to Peter for the Friday night game, West Ham-Leicester City. Yeah, I like the way you uh, introduced this at the start as being a, a Black Friday for West Ham, uh, Shawnee, because West Ham are an absolute fucking shambles at the moment. Uh, they're in 18th place. They've lost their, their last four games. The board, um, as we always call them on the regular pod, Tits McGee and the Dildo Brothers, they've never been popular there. But the level of dissatisfaction with, with West Ham fans towards the board at the moment is at an, at an all-time high. It's reaching fever pitch. And there's going to be protests at the ground, supposedly, on Friday night. Not only that, the players seem to be turning on each other. And they're just completely devoid of confidence. And worst of all, the, the man that they've tasked with uniting all these warring factions and, and out of uh, low on conference players is the depression to death David Boys. Like probably the most dourest man in football. Like he's gone in there now and he just seems to have the it, it's all about self preservation with David Moyes now. He seems to have gone in with the attitude that, you know, if if things go well he'll take the credit and if they don't go well he'll just, you know, blame everybody else. I I don't think the fans wanted him and I think they're dead right not want to want him he seems to be trying to absolve himself of blame for for bringing Sunderland down last season with the second worst points total ever in the Premier League so things just are not good there at all I would have been kind of subscribed to the view up until recently that West Ham had too much quality to go down but I'm really starting to change my mind on that now because it just there's a poisonous atmosphere around the club and I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing in the championship next season and I wouldn't be surprised if David Moyes doesn't even last the season there as manager to be perfectly honest their opponents this week Leicester it's been a bit up and down since Cloud Puel came in they've they've played three won one drew one lost one but I thought last week against City they, they gave City a bit of a game City were obviously a different class for a lot of it but they hung in there and when De Bruyne scored the second, Leicester had only hit the post maybe about 20 or 30 seconds before. And if that had gone in, you know, it could have been, could have been potentially a different game. 
like I said, the atmosphere, everything at the London Stadium. To appease the fans, I see West Ham kind of have, trying to have a bit of a go at Leicester. And I think Leicester are probably the best counter-attacking team outside maybe the top six in the Premier League. So I've seen it being more misery for Moyes and uh, the Hammers faithful this week. And Leicester are a tasty price at 2-1 to one to win. I'm going to get all over that. And you can get them at four and a half to one to win and both teams to score, which is another decent price, I think. I'm going to stick with uh, the man in form in terms of goal scorers. And I'm going to go with Jamie Vardy anytime at six to four. I think there'll be over 2.5 goals, which is evens. Not a bad price. Both teams to score is three to four. And I'm going to go for a Leicester, a convincing Leicester win. They're going to win three one. And the price of that is 22 to one. Okay, over to Danny for Crystal Palace, Stoke City. Yeah, I, I think uh, I just had the, the game of the weekend in the Liverpool-Chelsea game. And for me, this is it's going to be an okay game, I think. But it's it's not it doesn't get the pulses uh, racing. Obviously, unless you're a Palace or a Stoke fan. There's not going to be much in this one, I don't think. I've gone with Palace to win 2-1. They're just starting to gradually improve. They were in a position a few weeks back where everyone ruled them out and said, that's it, they're gone. And there's only two places left. I'm not so sure. I think they have enough quality to stay up. They're going to start. They've had a couple of draws and a win in their last four games, I think. And they're, obviously, this sounds very obvious. But if they can start turning those draws into wins, the pack above, no, no one's running away with us. Two wins gets you gets you right, right in amongst it. And I think this is a massive game for Palace. It's the sort of game if they can win, they drag Stoke a little bit closer to them. We all know what a little bit of confidence does when you're at the bottom of the table. As I said, you get a couple of wins, you get yourself up to 17th. Before you know it, you can be up in 13th or 14th and no one's talking about you anymore. And, you know, that just gives a little bit of confidence. So I just think, I, I think Palace are stirring slightly and they were a little bit unlucky against Everton last week. I actually tipped Everton to win 2-1 and we've since seen that uh, Omar Nias has been retrospectively banned for, for what I thought was a, an absolutely blatant dive. Now, I wouldn't have blamed the referee because it might have looked like there was a little clip there, but there wasn't. It was a dive, um, and he's been banned. So that's now set a precedent. So, uh, and, and it's a good precedent. So hopefully, that's the start, the beginning of the end of that. So uh, yeah, if they picked up three points there, they would have been, they would have been obviously a little bit closer to uh, to getting out of that bottom three. But as I said, I, I fancy them to beat Stoke. Um, Stoke aren't the best travellers in the world. Their form in the last four hasn't been too bad. They've a win, a draw two losses and one of those was the City they've scored six which is the encouraging part they've conceded uh, 11 but seven of those were to City they're not the only side that will get hockeyed by City this year I think Palace's form is a little, it's improving a bit considering they'd lost their first six or seven and hadn't scored a goal and their last four at home they've only lost one drawn a couple and they picked up that win against Chelsea which is a really impressive win they've scored six and they've conceded six so uh, a little while ago I might have been putting this down as a banker both teams not to score and, and under 2.5 but uh, I'm not so sure anymore because they're starting to hit the uh, hit the net with greater regularity so uh, I think uh, both teams to score is a nice price at 4-5 to five. Stoke have scored in three of their last four away games as well so Four to five isn't a bad uh, a bad price for the both teams to score market. I've gone with um, I've gone with over two point five, which is eleven to ten, which is it's it's a generous enough price I, I think considering um, the goals both teams both teams are conceding at the moment. So if if I'm going with that, I'm going with a, a two one score line, and two one I always think is 
it's the most obvious score in a football match. Mm. You know, it's statistically the most common score in a football match. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the score. If 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 you can't really pick it, you just think. They just will have a slight edge at home, and I've just gone with two one, which is uh, a decent price of fifteen to two. I always feel with two one, you're kind of in the you're in the game. It's kind of like a both teams to score bet. Obviously, if it's nil all after eighty minutes, you're not really in it. But you know, I, I feel it's it's even at one nil down with twenty minutes to go. You know, you nick a goal, you're you're always in it. So two to one's a good good price. Um, and I've gone with um, Wilfred Zaha uh, to be first scorer. He's five to one, which I think is a very good price. I know when you're looking at Agueros and Harry Kane's, you're only getting fifteen to eight and all that. And obviously, it's because they score a lot more than Zaha. But in a game of this magnitude, you expect your big players to turn up. And um, for me, he's one of their best players, if not their best player. So he's the catalyst for them to get them going. And if they have any chance, I think of staying up, he's their boy. They have a couple of uh, they have a couple of injuries. Connor Wickham is, is still out. Benteke's back fit. They still have Chung Young Lee out. Uh, Patrick Van Anhalt and Jordan Much. They won't make the game on Saturday. Um, so I've been informed anyway. And Stoke on the other side. Stoke have uh, they're missing Jack Butland, who's uh, who's been really good this season, considering how poor Stoke have been. Um, he's been very good. He's uh, broken wrist. Jeff Cameron has 25% chance of playing. And Stephen Ireland, remember him. And did well, anybody know? Stephen Ireland is ruled out. Um, he's working hard, though. He's getting stronger. <laughs> and he'll be back and available soon. So, uh, yeah, Stephen Ireland. He's probably going to come back with a mullet or something like that, you know. Yeah. I don't even know. What, what age is Stephen Ireland? Are we talking 34, 35? No, no. I think he's only probably 30 or something. Nah, no. Nah, stop that. Well, he's st- he, look, he's, he's still getting paid. He hasn't been fucking played a professional game in about two years but he just got a, he just got a new contract in the summer I know that but I'd say he's closer to 34 than 30 for sure like when did his granny die or his grannies sorry the, um, gran- the granny close to 10 years ago yeah the gran- years ago. yeah uh, uh, yeah and the wife in the, in the pink jeep I think that's going on 10 12 years I'd say the t- but, uh, but um, the good news he was born in 1980 31 uh, gotcha. 31 is he okay <laughs> Uh, but the, the good news is both grannies are alive and well. So, um, so, so that's that's good news in the Ireland households. All right. And he has a pink Rolls Royce, I believe. We're on to me now. Uh, in the absence of a guest this week, I've decided to, to uh, do the Manchester United-Brighton and Hove Albion game fresh from my prediction of a 2-2 draw against Stoke last Monday, which I enjoyed no end. Brighton, this is a game where there's absolutely no value. Those of you who know me and my co-hosts and uh, partners on this podcast know that I don't particularly like betting on one to four shots and odds on odds on shots, particularly in the Premier League, when anything can happen. Brighton are a staggering 14 to one to win this game, um, which is uh, understandable, I guess, with uh, Ibrahimovic and Pogba back and United firing on all cylinders against Newcastle towards the end of last week's game. Brighton, not dissimilar team to Newcastle in the way they, they front up. Uh, you can get 12-1 to 1 on Brighton to win the game with the draw, no bet. So you can get 9-2 to 2, uh, on them to get a result, Brighton and the draw. United are 1-6 to 6 to win this game. I guess the question is, I don't like that 1-6, to 6, although United probably will win it. If it was... If they were to lose and they just got beaten by Baal uh, yesterday, it would be a, it would be Brighton sneaking it. But one, we have to assume, I think, United will 
will will win this game. Um, Brighton to turn up a little bit like Newcastle United and United put them to the sore pretty well last week. But there's absolutely no value. United minus two goals is only seven to five. I do think if you had to put a bet on, the value bet might be United 3-0, which is 11 to two, or draw halftime, Man United full-time 11 to four. And as a goal That's scorer... A nice price. Yeah, I think, I mean, I can see Brighton, you know, parking the bus. and United, Digging in for... Yeah, United for doing their usual scoring, scoring a hatful towards the end or halfway through the yeah. second half. United, United can be slow starters this season now. United have scored most of their, we, we all know, United have scored most of their goals late on in the games after wearing teams down. It's hard to it's hard to wear down a fresh team, you know. It's obviously, it's done when they're tired late in the second yeah. half. So, that's not a bad price yet. Yeah, and then for the same reason, I would suggest from a scorer's market of Pogba to be the last scorer. Um, I can just see Brighton just you know capitulating towards the end and Pogba running through and slotting the ball home, and that price is six to one. So my bets here: United uh, to win three nil, uh, draw half time, Man United full time eleven to four, and Pogba last score six to one. Now I'm going back to myself here and passing over to Peter for Newcastle United and Watford. Yeah, um, another another glorious glorious Premier League fixture. This Newcastle, um, they've gone off the boil a bit lately. They've only won one of their last seven, but all in all, they're in eleventh place on fourteen points. And when you consider that their the squad Rafa Benitez has is really really low on quality, that's actually a, a pretty decent achievement. And they probably would have taken that at the start of the season. Rafa, I, I suppose, will be hoping that. This muted takeover by Amanda Stavelli will go through before January, so he gets a few bob to strengthen the squad. And I think if he adds a bit of quality in the right areas, he could have them uh, as a comfortable Premier League uh, mid-table side, maybe even pushing for Europe. And I suppose from the, the fans' point of view, the Toon Army, if you ask any Newcastle fan, I'd say their number one wish for Christmas would to be finally have Mike Ashley out of the club. So... Um, We'll see how that goes in the coming days and weeks. Watford got back to winning ways against West Ham the last time out. They'd gone into that game having lost three on the trot, so they'll be they'll be happy to have, have got a win under their belt. They're in eighth place on 18 points. Again, same situation as Newcastle. Would have take would have would have bitten your hand off for that at the start of the season probably, and it's still it's all the news around their coach, which is uh, Marco Silva, who's been heavily linked with Everton, which is dominating the headlines at the moment. For anybody who hasn't listened to our Tuesday pod, we had a, a pretty interesting discussion about Marco Silva and the fact that Everton have bid £10 million from, and the discussion kind of centred around the fact that, you know, if a manager is the most in- important individual at a club, uh, is £10 million not a ridiculously low amount of money to be valuing him at if you, know, you barely buy a... a, a a striker in the championship for 10 million these days, you know. Um, I think Watford have actually, they're probably one of the, the better teams away from home in the league. They've won three games away so far. And when you consider that's three games out of six and two of the other three games they lost against Chelsea and Everton, they were ahead on the hour mark and they looked well and truly in control. So I definitely think they'll cause Newcastle problems here considering Newcastle 
are a bit out of sorts at the moment and are kind of, you get the feeling they're just waiting for January. So I have a sneaky feeling that Watford will win this one. They're a good price of 23 to 10 for the win, I think. And I'm going to go with 2-1, which Danny just said is the most probable score. And it actually is the most statistically probable score. That's 9-1 to for a Watford win. I was going to say Rickardson any time. Ben said it last week and it came in. Um, but I just thought, I've had Watford a few times, you have to change it up a bit here, Peter. And I was looking through the scores and I couldn't really pick anything. So I just got another sneaky feeling that there might be an own goal in this one. I think there'll be a lot of balls played into the box by both teams. Both teams are quite direct. And you can get an own goal to be scored at 8-1. to one. So I'm going to have a fiver on that. I'm going over 2.5 at evens. I'm going both teams to score at 4-5. to five. And before we go any further, lads, I just wanted to uh, to bring up, I was talking, myself and Sam were talking this week to the inventors of a new app called Beat the Bookies app. These guys have been working on this app for, for years now. And what they do is they, if you give them two teams, they've developed an algorithm which will, uh, you know, simulate that game over 10,000 times running through every possible scenario. And last week, I was looking um, at the results from last week, and out of 10 Premier League fixtures, their algorithm predicted nine correct scores. Wow. Um, so that's that's pretty good, you know. Wow. Correct scores? scores. Ten, nine, no, sorry, nine correct results. Results, okay. Yes. I thought nine, nine correct scores, we'll all be just giving yeah. them yeah, yeah, they probably wouldn't be talking to us. To there will be no bookmakers anymore. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what they do at the moment is the app's released in a couple of weeks. But what you can do at the moment, you can either get in contact with them on uh, Twitter at Beat Bookies app, or else we will put the link to their website in, at the bottom of the podcast when we publish it. And what they do is for five euro a month, they will provide you with, with their predictions for up to a thousand games from 20 leagues. Um, wow. I've signed up for it myself. And, um, do they do the Do they do the Kazakhstani league for Danny? I don't know. I, I I've only <laughs> I only kind of checked the major leagues, but I'm sure right. Danny might get a bit of Kazakhstani or Azerbaijani. Azerbaijani. <laughs> but <laughs> if anybody wants more information, get in touch with the guys, and I think it'll be really interesting to see uh, exactly how um, how much money we can make with them. Because if I think if we're all listening to this, if we're on the show, we all like a bet. And if these guys can give you as well-informed an opinion as possible, it's well worth a five euro a month. Well, that website sounds almost Kevin De Bruyne-esque. And the man who coined the phrase Kevin De Bruyne-esque is going to take us through the next game. Spurs, West Bromwich Albion. Yeah, um, what West Brom wouldn't do for a bit of Kevin De Bruyne-esque inspired... Uh, that's Kevin De Bruyne-esqueness. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I, I'd be very surprised if Chambers aren't onto us now, looking for that to go into the next, uh, the next, uh, the next dictionary. Um, yeah, uh, West Brom. Where, where do you start with West Brom? They're in an absolute mess. Unfortunately, they got rid of the man with the magic hat, as you can, as you probably can hear Peter sobbing in the background there. One of Peter's real favourites, I think. Peter is a bit of a. I was had a bit of a man crush on that. Uh, the man with the baseball hat, and uh, it's a shame to see him go. And he'll probably turn up at uh, at Everton or something like that, and and keep them up. He'll probably keep someone up where I wouldn't be surprised Swansea. to see Swansea possibly. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, West Brom go the other way. Um, which uh, when you sack Tony, uh, Tony Pulis, that's what you're asking for. So I don't think they'll be picking up betting away to Spurs. 
Spurs' early season home form has, has really turned around now. Probably the highlight of that beating Liverpool 4-1, but they were playing with 12 men. Um, they and Lovren just hadn't told anyone. Yeah, I really fancy Spurs here. I don't fancy them to steamroll West Brom. They were steamroll last week by Chelsea 4-0. But that's that's a rare thing, and I think that's what done for uh, for Tony Pulis because his sides do obviously get beaten, you know. But they're always in a game, and I think the manner of of the defeat to Chelsea was was just enough for uh, Mister Liu and the, and his Chinese boys to say, "All right, there's something not right here, and um, we're going to need to change it." They'll have Gary Megson in charge, who's uh, by all accounts a very very good coach. Wasn't a great manager, but when it comes to coaching and getting a team ready, I think they'll be ready and I think they'll be up for it. I just think Spurs will have a little bit too much quality. Spurs were very poor last week, very poor. Arsenal Arsenal uh, did them over and Arsenal out-battled them, which is, uh, which is a rare thing to say. I think the win in midweek now kind of just, you know, it got Tottenham. It just got them over their little blip very quickly. So uh, I, I think uh, most teams that play in Europe... They'll come out of the blocks a little bit slower than a team that's been fresh and had the whole week off. So I don't see Spurs steamrolling West Brom. I think it'll be a tight enough affair. Spurs form in the last uh, in the last four at home. They've won three, drawn one, scored six, and conceded only one. West Brom have some worrying form away from home though. In their last four, they haven't won one. They've drawn one, lost three. They've only scored one and conceded five. So they don't concede a lot of goals on the road. Last week's game was at home against Chelsea, but uh, I don't see them conceding a lot. Uh, but I do fancy Tottenham just to grind them down at the end of the day. And I think it'll be a two nil. I'm going to go for a two nil scoreline, which is uh, which is nine to two, which I think is a grand price because I, I think if they if they score early, Spurs they'll manage the game quite well. And they don't need to go gung-ho because they're, they're playing against a team that they don't really threaten that often. I'm going just for a little bit more value in the first scorer market. I've gone with Son to score first. He scored an absolute peach uh, for the winner against Dortmund there during the week. It's a lovely finish and very underrated player in my, in my honest opinion. He's 7-2 to score first. Harry Kane, not in a blistering form at the moment. All's not right with him at the moment, I don't think, injury-wise. So I wouldn't even be surprised uh, to see him maybe... Uh, uh, not start, but Son will definitely start, uh, I, I reckon. So he's 7-2 for a scorer. I've gone with both teams not to score, purely based on um, West Brom's away form in the last few. They've only scored one in the last four, so uh, both teams not to score is uh, a, a, a paltry 4-7. to seven. And I've, I've gone with under 2.5, though, and I think this is a nice price, and this would be my pick for uh, all the bets I'm, uh, I'm giving out here, all the all the stats and, t- and tips. 11 to 10, under 2.5. I know Tottenham's form has been pretty good at home, but they've only scored six in their last four, and four of those were against Liverpool. They have, they've started picking up wins at home, but they're not battering teams. You know, They beat Palace 1-0, and I just see it being a tight affair, so I, I'll be going with under 2.5 goals there. That's 11 to 10. And a little bit of injury news for Tottenham. Tottenham. Decent uh, bill of health. Toby Alderweireld and uh, Wanyam are the only two missing for them. Two big players as well. Um, I think they really miss Alderweireld, but I don't think he'll really be required come Saturday. And West Brom are missing uh, James Morrison, uh, Craig Dawson and Nasser Chadley uh, will miss out on a return to his old club. So I just think uh, Spurs will have a bit too much. And my pick pick for it is uh, under 2.5 at 11 to 10. And I have Spurs winning 5-0 in my prediction. So one of us will be wrong. Okay, six down. Um, moving over to Peter for Swansea City, Bournemouth. 
Swansea, Swansea. You're getting all the great games. You're getting all the great games this week, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to cover these types of games. Swansea are in free fall, though. You know, I, I said a few weeks ago that I'd, I'd look stuff up and came to the conclusion that Swansea are shit. And I actually had looked things up. And that those stats that made me came to that conclusion remain the same. In terms of shots on target, passes in the final third, key passes, chances created, Swansea are bottom of the pile. So they're exactly where they should be in the table. Last year, they were kind of saved by their home form after Clement came in. But this year, they've only won one game and sold Sigurdsson during the summer, who was directly involved in 50% of their goals, haven't replaced him. Just have. I feel a bit sorry for Tammy Abraham playing up front because I think he's a top young player, but... They just have average or mediocre players all over the pitch. Wilfred Brony came in to replace Lorente, and he he looks an absolute shadow of the player that uh, was at the Liberty Stadium a, a few years ago. Must have a few more pounds in his bank after the Man City move, and he's just, yeah, doesn't seem to be too interested anymore. A few more pounds in his body as well. Yeah. Well, he's a big fella to start with as well. Bournemouth, on the other hand, Bournemouth had been really struggling um, despite being a lot of people's tip to kind of be mid-table this year. But they've started to get get, uh, get themselves together now lately and they've, they've won three of their last five, including their win last week against Huddersfield was really good, 4-0 after being down to 10 men for 45 minutes. So they'll be full of confidence going into this. I actually think Paul Clement might be out of a job come Sunday morning because I'd say if, if they lose this one, you know, and I really do think it might be Tony Pulis to go in there because he's Welsh as well to uh, to take over the reins and, and keep them up before the fans turn on them next season playing shit football. But I'm going to go for another away win here, actually. Bournemouth are seven, 17 to 10 to win, which I think is a really good price. Swansea are all over the shop. Another 2-1 scoreline seems to be a bit of a team this week. I'm going to go 2-1, that's 10-1. to Callum Wilson, I think everybody, all neutrals, were happy to see him get a hat-trick last week because the young lads come back from a crucial ligament injury in both knees over the last couple of years. So I'm going to stick with the man in form in the, in the goal scorer market, and he is 7-4 to any time. So I'll be getting on that. I'm going both teams to score at evens. Always a good shout, and I'm going over 2.5 at 23 to 20. Okay, so that's all Saturday's games. Moving on to Sunday, and in the absence of a guest this week, producer Sam has bravely decided to step in and give us his review of Southampton versus Everton. Yeah, brave is right, because this is a game, I think, to miss for all kinds of reasons, to be honest. Can't see much happening, really. Southampton have only scored nine goals in 12 games, and five of those came uh, in two home games against West Ham and Newcastle. Manolo Gabbiadini is their top scorer this season. He's only got three goals, and two of those came in that draw against Newcastle. Uh, if you think he's going to score again, 5-1 to one score first, or 7-4 to four any time. Uh, they've failed to score, as I said, in nine of the 12 games, and they've only actually had uh, nine... Uh, in nine of the last 11 games, there's been under two and a half goals scored. Uh, so if you want to bet on that, that's 8-13. to 13. Everton have just one win in their last six Premier League games, and that's really only because Tom Cleverley missed uh, that 100th minute penalty against them at Goodison a couple of games back. They've conceded six in their last seven games, and uh, they haven't kept a clean sheet since the opening weekend. So their away form has been a problem as well. It's 14 away league games this season without a win, so... It's hard to see what's really going to happen in this game. The thing is, though, that uh, Southampton, they're higher in the table, but actually I think that they w need a win more because uh, before the end of the year, they've got uh, games against both Manchester sides, Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs. 
So I think if they're going to pick up points before the new year, I think this is the one they're going to be targeting this. So I think maybe maybe a 1-0 win if you're going to pick it either way. Uh, a couple of just quick stats. Um, as I said, Southampton have gone three games that three league games that a win. Uh, they have lost three of their last five home league games without scoring. Uh, Everton have only won one of their last six games, and they, like I said, they've uh, gone 14 games without a win. Seven of the last Everton away league games have been under two and a half goals as well, and uh, as I said, all the Southampton games too. So, if you wanted to risk under one and a half, which might actually be worth doing, you get 74 for that. Goals-wise, for Everton, Rooney's 8-1 to one to score first, 3-1 to any time. Leighton Baines is a bit more interesting, though. I think he's 25-1 uh, to one to score first, and as he's on pens, that could be an option. Uh, and he's 11-1 to one to score at any time. A draw is 5-2, to two, which probably isn't a bad, uh, bad score on that. Everton, 10-3 to win it. Southampton, 5-6. to six. Uh, I mean, 10-3 to three is not bad. Uh, Everton obviously will be looking for a win in this, but uh, the bet that I've gone for in this one is uh, a draw half time and full time. That's four to one, uh, or else the other option would be Southampton to win one nil, and you get that at eleven to two. I see a draw there as well. I think there might be a few draws uh, this weekend, and that's of course where I will be coming in later with my draw bet. Over to Peter for Burnley Arsenal. This should actually be an interesting enough game. Um, Sean Sean Dyche, as far as I'm concerned, is a footballing genius. Any man who has managed to teach a bunch of current Irish internationals to keep possession for more than three consecutive passes deserves a place in the footballing hall of fucking fame, as far as I'm concerned. They scored a couple of lovely team goals last week, a bit like the one they scored at, at Everton and... I, I think he ha- he has the reputation as a long ball manager, Dyche, and he he is direct, I suppose. But they're definitely starting to play um, a little bit more of an attractive brand of football lately. And you know, if you're a, if you're a Clarets fan, things have just quite simply never ever been so good. They're in seventh place. Arsenal and Burnley are actually level on points going into this one on 22 points each. And uh, after 12 games, I would have said you'd get some odds on that before a ball was kicked this season. Um, Dice deserves massive credit for all this when you consider that their wage bill is like a fraction of nearly all the other Premier League clubs. Arsenal will be coming into it on the, on the, you know, full of confidence as well on the back of that convincing 2-0 win over their arch-rival Spurs in uh, the North London Derby last week. They're, they're, for This pod comes out on a Friday, but we record on a, on a Thursday lunchtime, so Arsenal have to play Cologne away in Germany tonight. But I can't see that affecting them too much because I'd say Wenger will probably dust off the likes of Wilshire and Walcott and play them in, in the Europa League, and he'll keep most of his uh, star men rested up uh, ahead of this game. I, I was finding it difficult to, to come up with whether to go with a draw or a win in this one. The thing with Arsenal, they're actually on their best ever run of form at the Emirates at the moment. They've they've a 100% record in the Premier League, but their away form has been really, really poor this season. They've only won one game, and that was the, the away game to Everton, the 5-2 victory. So... After a lot of humming and hawn, I have gone for a Burnley win because I always say that Arsenal are the ultimate cycle team in the Premier League. It's a good result or two in a row and then a bad result. You know, it's either heaven or hell with them. They're doing really well and then they have a bad result and everyone wants to manager out. And I think this could be the kind of game where they have that that hell moment, if you know what I mean. Burnley are 5-1, to one, which is, uh, kind of swung my thinking a little bit as well because... 
five to one for Burnley, two teams on twenty two points is pretty massive, I think. You can also get Burnley at thirteen to eight not to lose, which I think is fairly interesting for an accumulator. Um, I'm going to go again with 2-1 as the scoreline to Burnley and 18-1 to you can get for that. I'm going to go with uh, New Zealand's greatest ever footballer, Chris Wood, at 5-2 to to score any time. And over 2.5 is 7-10. Uh, to 10. Both teams to score is evens. Excellent. And finally, Huddersfield Town, Manchester City. Over to you, Danny. Can they beat another Manchester side at home? I don't think so. Man City has uh, proven to be a, a slightly uh, bigger bigger and tougher beast to overthrow than uh, their Manchester counterparts. So I, I fancy City comfortably enough in the end. But um, again, with European game, they've just started in the last... I said it on our Wednesday pod, John Stone's been out, has given the rest of them a glimmer of hope. And they were quite... I know they didn't play their full strength side uh, at home to Fire North. I had the minus two at even money there against um, against Fire North. And they uh, they needed a last-minute sterling goal to win it. So there's just a couple of... I wouldn't say cracks. They're still winning games and they're keeping clean sheets. I just think that there's a little bit of... Um, little bit of sheen or gloss... Uh, off their performances in the last couple of weeks. I know that they scored two cracking goals against Leicester and they, and they played quite well. I just, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just think that there's, the wheels are certainly not coming off, but I just, just think they're going to have to dig in a little bit now for the next few weeks because there's a lot of games coming and they're going to have to start rotating that team a lot more than they would like to. And with uh, Stones out, you'll probably have company back in. And company, I just don't, company's a quality player, but. I, I don't trust him. I don't trust his body to stay fit. So I'm going to go with it for an early, uh, decent price. I've actually going to. I'm actually going to go with Tom Ince to be first scorer. He's 16 to one. They're going to start off pumped like they did against United at Huddersfield. I don't expect them to get anything out of the game, but I just think there's so many. If you like the first scorer market, Man City have four or five lads. It's it's harder to pick one of those lads, and they're all five to twos and four to ones and all that. And any one of them could score. For Huddersfield, there's probably two or three lads to score. And if you fancy Huddersfield to score first at all, if you look at Mounier or Depoitre who scored against United, they're both 12-1. to 1, And that's the shortest price for a Huddersfield first scorer. So I don't think it's the worst price in the world if you wanted to pick a, one or two uh, Huddersfield players because they they didn't play um, during the week. They'll be they'll be well up for it. Obviously, at the end of the game, I think they'll be they'll be well undone. And I'm, I'm going for a three-one scoreline for Man City, which is seventeen to two. I've gone with both teams to score here. It's as I said, I, I've gone with Tom Ince to score first, but a both teams to score. It's a bet I'd probably stay away from. They've only scored four goals in their last six games, or in the last four games at home, Huddersfield. Uh, Man City have scored 12 and conceded two. You'd obviously have to fancy, um, you'd obviously have to fancy City to score, but I, it's probably a bet and a market that, I, that I'd just leave well alone. But I would be looking at the over 2.5 market to boost another Aka again, and that's uh, over 2.5 is 1 to 2 which is a grand price, I think. I'll just give you a little bit of injury news. Huddersfield still have a couple of lads injured. Philip Billings out, Jan Stankovic, Michael Hafele, they're all out. Casey Palmer has has half a chance of playing. And on the Man City side, just um, just a couple of uh, defenders out. Benjamin Mendy doesn't look like he'll be back till mid-April. And John Stones looks like he's out for about six weeks. And uh, as I said on our Wednesday pod, I think he's going to be a big, big loss for him because he's... Uh, 
he started off a lot of their moves and uh, he's been feeding the ball to the um, De Bruyne's and, and David Silva's of this world um, to start uh, a lot of their, their attacks. So uh, I don't think it'll be a walk in the park for uh, for Man City. Huddersfield fans seem to enjoy their days out and they'll make plenty of noise. And if it's a bit of a dirty day, a bit of rain and all that sort of stuff, I think it'll be a, a tricky place for them to go. But I see, I don't see any value in Man City at 1-6. to six. I just leave well alone there, but I, 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 I do like the over 2.5 goals, and that's probably my bet if I was to pick one from this game. It's only one to two, but if you're a, if you're a man or a woman that likes to pick one or two of those and uh, and put a put three three digits on it, it's a nice little lack of booster. Excellent. That was all of the weekend's games preview, but by our expert panel. We now move to our inexpert panel. Those of you who are regular listeners will know that we weekly get an update from the Don. The Don is a single mother from Tala in Dublin who has very little, if any, interest in football. And she joined us again this week. The Don, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? How's things out in Tala? Oh, just sparkling as ever. <laughs> You've had a chance to look at this weekend's games? I had a chance to. Okay, well, let's go through them. What do you think about the Friday night game, West Ham, Leicester City? Yeah, so Essex Police have had to put out a thingy to urge fans to stop going 999 if West Ham lose, which is golden. (laughs) No, it's really not. Emergency services are for real emergencies, like a fire or someone who needs an ambulance or when you need to get your chips home before they go cold and there's no taxis. David David Moyes may need an ambulance, though, at the end of Friday night. Absolute dickheads, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Not cool. So I want them to lose because their fans are such actual arseholes. But they'll probably keep it up if they lose, so I've gone with a draw. One all. Excellent. Crystal Palace Stoke? So I'd like to address a very sensitive matter. It's been brought to my attention that I should stop referring to him as my coffin dodger. Right. Because how will I feel if he actually dies? Well, I'm glad you asked, Anonymous. Firstly, I suggest you invest in a dictionary and look up the verb dodge. I think you'll find I'm actually encouraging him to avoid the coffin. (laughs) But I did suggest at one point that there was a smell of muck off him. My bad. But still. (laughs) B, public service announcement, I may still regularly get asked for ID, but I'm not actually Sabrina the fucking teenage witch. So I can call him what I like and it's not going to magic it real. But anybody calling in to complain about the Dom better be careful. She'll have the Tala equivalent of a fatwa put on you before you can say knife. So, he has my support as always. 2-1 to Crystal Palace. 2-1 to Crystal Palace. Man U, Brighton. The obvious choice here would be Man United. And I've gone ahead and picked Man United. And here's why. I won't be in Manchester on Saturday, thank Christ, but I will be in Brighton. But as I'm not in the habit of actually watching the matches, no more than I'm in the habit of watching paint dry, I presume I'll find out the result by just saying it to some random passerby. Did we win the match? And I'll even use the royal we that soccer fans seem so inclined to use when referring to a team they're not fucking on. And so when a passerby says, no, we lost, I'll be able to go, aw, and mean it vaguely. And presumably there'll be, be Brighton supporters in Brighton. Although you never know, because soccer fans seem to have a weird identity crisis. There's lads in Finglas wandering around in Real Madrid tops. <laughs> what score? I went 3-1 to Man United. Newcastle United, Watford, your friend Mike Ashley. Newcastle. That prick they have grinding the organ. Piss off. Watford do squat. 1-0 to Watford. Okay. A very exciting game. Swansea City against your boring Bournemouth. Yeah, Swansea fill me with more enthusiasm, although it's hard to be filled with less enthusiasm than that which I can conjure up for Bournemouth. I mean, even if you listen to the club names, Swansea, Bournemouth, Swansea, Bournemouth. Enough said. So 2-1 to Swansea. Excellent. Spurs, West Bromwich Albion without Tony Pulis. Spurs for the win here. 3-1 to Spurs. 
because I refuse to reward grown adults who can't manage their big feelings. Now, Pewdis got fired eventually. And Jesus, he was like a bad bed of thrush. There was no getting rid of him there for a while. <laughs> but anyway, they have no daddy now, but I kind of feel like his bad attitude has rubbed off on, him, on them. The players, this whingy attitude. They need to grow a pair. Put your feelings away, bottle them up, stuff them down. Hashtag not all men. Liverpool-Chelsea, big game on Saturday evening. Yeah, I've gone with Liverpool for the win again this week. I've gone 2-1 to Liverpool. I don't know, I, I think I might be getting soft in my old age. Because I saw a few clips of Jurgen Klopp on the telly last week. And I mean, like, I know he's all right after his little incident. And I know on this particular occasion it was nothing to do with me. But I still get the guilties. <laughs> and I mean, he looked worse for wear. Like, the man's aged 10 years in the past few weeks. Which, I mean, yeah, it did give me the thrill. But I do feel bad. Moving on to Sunday's game, Southampton-Everton. Yeah, how did Everton get on without their da- with their new daddy last week? Not very well. Yeah, so he didn't get the win for them. Well... He sounds like a real dad, disappointing them already. Oh, Southampton did a great job disappointing me last week as well, though, because I asked them to twiddle their thumbs and let two goals in, not three. So I lost my bet because they let three in. Rude. So basically, for me, this is a competition to see which one can leave me more disappointed. Not unlike a night out in coppers back in the day. One all. Okay, Burnley Arsenal. Arsenal can go and shite. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more irritated with them and their kind than usual this week. And besides that, with that many Irish lads on the Burnley squad, it's occurred to me, I probably know a fair few of their dads. So I'll be cheering <laughs> for them. Joking, I'd rather shit in my hands and clap than actually cheer for any football game. <laughs> Score? 1-0 to Burnley. And finally, Huddersfield Town, Manchester City. Yeah, so Huddersfield are shit. Uh, Man City, not not shit. Um, and that'd be the height of it. And it, like, it would appear that the only things Huddersfield have going for them are the fact that they have a player named Schindler and their little costumes are a lovely colour. So, Man City 3-0. Excellent, John. Thank you so much as ever for uh, your predictions. We will be talking the table next week and hopefully you can climb it the way you climb a climbing thing. Thank you for calling in and see you next week. Bye. We're now coming to the business end of the podcast where we... Decide our ACAs and bets for the weekend. We're going to start with Peter's ACA. Peter, over to you. Yeah, I had another winner last week. So two weeks in a row now um, at around the five to six to one mark. There's no need Just, to brag. Well, you know, Danny. Yeah, it, has to be, it has to be done. Has to no, be done. there is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a show about um, uh, giving tips and hoping that they're winners. So you're allowed to brag, I think. I think <laughs> <that's fair. laughs> All right. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to crack on anyway. So I'm going to go with Wolves as my first pick. They're top of the championship and they're playing Bolton, who are in 23rd. So uh, that's a, an easy home win for Wolves, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to go down to League Two next. Not County, who I had last week as well, and who, who have very good home form. They're in second place, playing against ninth place Colchester. Another home win for me there, Not County. Um, I am going to stick Man United into my accumulator at minus one. So I'm going to handicap them minus one against Brighton. I think with Paul Pogba back, uh, they look a completely different team, and, and I'd fancy them to, to win by at least one clear goal. I'm going to go for the for the last pick. I'm going to go down into League Two again, and I'm going to pick Mansfield, who are the favourites to win that league before a ball was kicked, but haven't quite started that well. They're on a good run of form now. They're up into seventh place in the playoff positions, and they play against Chesterfield, who are rock bottom in that. 24th place in that league so all of them four teams together Wolves Notts County Man United minus one Mansfield uh, six to one 
Excellent. Good luck with that, Peter. Over to Danny. What have you got yeah. for us this week? Yeah, that's a nice bet, Peter. Um, unfortunately, I, w- I wasn't on your last two, but uh, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have a look at that. That's, oh, don't, uh, Danny. It'll lose if you back it. That's not. <laughs> that's, that's not true, now, mate. Come on, now. My putting a ten or a twenty quid has absolutely no bearing on what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I wish I had those sorts of powers of persuasion, but unfortunately not. So I am going to do it. And if it loses, I'll go ha ha. And if it wins, I'll say ta, Peter. Thanks very much. So um, yeah, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with a Saturday three o'clock. No bullshit. I, I'm struggling here. I know I'm struggling, and I'm really trying to find um, a winner for our listeners. Uh, I haven't had one. I was close enough last week. I'd um, I'd, I'd six games, both teams to score, and uh, so obviously needed twelve teams. I ten teams scored. So we're, we're knocking on the door. Um, so I'm actually taking a team out this week, and I'm going to do a Saturday a Saturday three o'clock League One. Five teams, both teams to score. I'm going to go with Gillingham Oldham, both teams to score, four to six. Uh, Rochdale Peterborough, both teams to score, seven to ten. Fleetwood and Blackpool, both teams to score, four to five. Southend Oxford, both teams to score, seven to ten. And Blackburn, Bristol Rovers, both teams to score, four to five. Coming in at a nice, healthy 15 to one. Thank you, Danny. So over to me for the draw corner. I think that there's a case to be made for almost seven of the ten games this weekend to end in a draw. You've heard our predictor, our pundits talking about 2-1 tight games. Uh, the games I don't think will be draws will be United, South, uh, Spurs and Man City. But all the other ones, I think, have got some claims. So I'm planning a one-euro-Yankee, draw-Yankee this weekend in the Premier League, starting on Friday night with West Ham against Leicester. Newcastle Watford on Saturday, Liverpool Chelsea on Saturday, and Southampton Everton on Sunday. Finally, before we go, we're going to have our charity bet of the week. The Bobby Robson Foundation doing great work for cancer research has yet to receive a dime from the PS Football Podcast, but we are going to correct that this weekend. Gentlemen, what is your nap of the week? Over to you, Peter. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I like I said, I think Bournemouth are coming into good form and Swansea are all over the place. 17 to 10 for a Bournemouth win. Or alternatively, I think the same, Leicester are 2 to 1. So I'm actually going to change my mind. I'm going to go Leicester 2 to 1 as my nap bet. Excellent. Danny. That's a bet you really, you sound really confident there, Peter. Really well, I, I, I think both teams will win, Danny. So I just went with the higher odds. I think. I think West Ham will definitely be turned over by Leicester at home, and two to one is a really good price. And I think yeah, yeah, sure Bournemouth will. So I just, yeah, I just kind of went with the higher odds. I'll take, uh, I'll take the one Peter didn't have. Then I'll take, I'll take Bournemouth. I fancy Bournemouth too. So actually, I, I was gonna maybe have a, a little pop at them. So I fancy Bournemouth. And I, I kind of think Bournemouth are maybe a, a trickier opposition to play away from home them being away from home, obviously. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Bournemouth to win. They've hit some good form. So. Uh, yeah, let's try and make a few bob for uh, the Bobby Robson Foundation. Uh, okay, that's the second leg. Sam? Uh, I'm going to go with draw half-time full-time in the, the game that I did, Southampton-Everton. That's 4-1. to one. Excellent. And I will round it off with uh, my nap draw of the week, which is Liverpool against Chelsea. I can see that being a draw. Hopefully, Bobby Robson will be smiling down on us from heaven. That just about does her for another week. Thanks to Peter, Danny, producer Sam and the Don for all their chits and chats. Don't forget to check out psfootball.net where you can find out lots more interesting footy-related stuff. 
the regular PS Football podcast will be back next Wednesday as usual with reviews of all the action and a quick plug for my own podcast, A Pint with Shawnee B, where inspiring creative people share their life stories. We'll be back here same time-ish next week. And in the meantime, have a great weekend wherever you are in the world. Be good to each other and bad to the bookies.